Hello, it's Thursday the 16th of November. I'm Miranda Sawyer and I'm sitting on an empty flight to you know where. Welcome back to Papercuts, the modern newspaper review, where we ransack the papers for their tastiest headlines, their yummiest columns and their daftest political takes. Then we swirl them all up to make something delicious. Eaten mess, anyone? Grid of shit? (laughs) We're out every day, Monday to Friday, for five-day fun times. And you're enjoying the show. Dan Maddock says, brilliant, the same news, but with the addition of pointing out the ludicrous when it arises, which is a lot. You know it, Dan. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Rwanda rewind. Supreme Court says no to migrants going to Rwanda. Rishi gets cross. Crown crazy. The Royal Fan Fiction series is back and the real-life royals go a bit mad. And fashion flip-out. Men need styling too and the papers have found just the right skirt. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Papercuts, where we reject your grid of shit and offer you a lattice of love. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and with me on the show today is editor of Pop Bitch and all the medals Eurovision expert, Chris Lockery. Hello, Chris. Hi. Also with us is host of Finn vs. the Internet and beloved YouTube wizard, Finn Taylor. Hello. Hi, Hi. Finn. <laughs> so what do we have on the front pages today? Chris, what do we have? Well, it's all a lot of the same stuff. Uh, as you can imagine, Telegraph PM will use emergency law to start Rwanda flights. Times have gone with Sunak. Emergency law can save Rwanda policy. I has gone for something with pensions, but they've got Sunak versus the Supreme Court. The Guardian. Similarly, PM vows to push through Rwanda plan after court rules are unlawful. So... I mean, all singing very much from the same sheet. Yes, a lot of Rwanda. Okay, Finn, what do you have? Well, the mail opens with um, almost a Jilly Cooper-esque bit of prose from Quentin (laughs) Letts. The PM's eyes blazed like hot coals as he thundered, We are a reasonable government, a reasonable country, but the British people's patience can only be stretched so thin. Sort of sounds sort of mildly erotic. His loins, Always. His loins are next. He, he's, he loves it when people get angry. Um, the Mirror leads with um, a story about uh, a new royal uh, book about the, the Queen's death. Is nothing sacred? Uh, no. <laughs> um, the Sun was possibly the best um, pun of the, of the day. Fed up, Rishi. No bloody Rwanda. Rwanda. And mm. uh, the Star... It's November. It's going to snow at the end of the month, as ever, in completely its own universe. It is in its own universe, and it's got some quite cute doggies in little hats. Dogs and hats. Yeah, yeah, which is what we want. And also, have you seen this comment up here? This one really made me laugh. Thought for the day. Robins are the best bird in the world. <laughs> Correct? <laughs> that is that, Well, to be fair, that is just a thought, isn't it? <laughs> I think that's what Radio 4 is missing yeah. out on. It should just be a random thought rather than an essay by a vicar. Have you ever, around, around the world as well, have you ever seen American robins? No. They're absolutely huge. They've got like shoulders. They're massive. They're shoulders? So, they're, they're Birds have got shoulders. Big, big, hefty looking <laughs> Hench beasts. robins. Hench robins. <laughs> I think our, our UK one's cute, but um, around the world, I think it's going to be a tough sell. Yeah, could be. And Private Eye uh, has a big picture of Rishi and Suella at Remembrance Sunday. Suella's saying, we can't have extremist troublemakers at the Cenotaph. And Rishi's going, okay, you're fired. Classic. (laughs) She's gone, man. Now, on the front of nearly all of the papers is the result of yesterday's Supreme Court decision on the government's plan to send migrants to Rwanda. 
If you haven't guessed, the result didn't go well for the government. The Supreme Court struck the Rwanda plan down. It ruled that Rwanda is not safe enough, its asylum system is not fit for purpose, and that the policy breaches both domestic and international law. All five judges agreed on this. Oh dear. Well, Rishi's a positive and constructive guy, though, isn't he? And he thinks he's found a way through. What is that way, Chris? <laughs> well, well um, it seems just like bloody mindedness. Just absolutely <laughs> not not letting any of these uh, judges tell him what to do and just go ahead anyway, despite it having been ruled unlawful. It's a bit of a mess, really. It just seems to be a lot of talking points. He, he went off about foreign judges. He wouldn't let any foreign judges tell him what to do, even though... This time it was uh, British judges telling him what yep. he can't do. But obviously, I guess, lambasting the uh, the European Court of Human Rights is, is, is uh, red meat to the base. So he, he's gone down that route, even though it wasn't really them at, at this juncture. And so I think it, there's talk about emergency laws and this legislation going to sign a new treaty with Rwanda. The details of it are, are sort of sketchy, but it seems to be this is a, a reheated kind of policy idea from Boris Johnson which is just to say, oh, well, you say Rwanda's not a safe country. We're actually going to say that it is a safe country. And that that, that should uh, allay all your fears, sort of settle any qualms you may have. It's an attitude problem, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a mindset, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. You've just got to get it's into the vibe. right... It's a vibe. Yeah. Rwanda's a vibe. Rwanda's a vibe. It's a yeah. whole mood now. It's a whole mood so that you have to legislate yeah. on. You just say, that one's safe. It's yeah. okay. It's going to be fine. It's a very odd state of affairs, isn't it? Because essentially, Tories are still banging on about the European Convention on Human Rights and how Britain should withdraw from it. But even if we did withdraw from the European Convention of Human Rights, it doesn't make any difference because the Supreme Court was so tough on the idea, weren't they? Yeah, like unanimous, um, all five judges pretty much yeah. saying, yeah, this, this this can't happen. Five big red crosses. Yeah. yeah, it was a big, yeah, exactly. Five big red crosses. They basically said there's other international treaties which also prohibit the return of asylum seekers to their countries of origin without a proper examination of their claims. Basically, the problem with Rwanda is its judicial system isn't good enough. So if you get sent there as a as a migrant, you don't your claims aren't considered properly and you might get sent home and you might get persecuted. And that is absolutely against international law. Sorry. So the Are we times... going to take a punt at the at the pronunciation of that word is what? it would oh yes we try go on do you want to try it i don't know I, it's, it looks yeah there's a word for this refoulement refoulement it sounds kind refoulement. of sexy refoulement yeah but it's not know. sexy it's horrible it's not very sexy at all <laughs> it's really that's horrible. the french for you though they just can't stop making these things sexy <laughs> Yeah. There's an interesting attitude from the Times where they have like three different columnists writing about it. And what they say essentially in their columns is, look, Rwanda is out, right? This is not going to work. It's definitely been chucked out by the judges. But they didn't say that you couldn't move migrants to other countries. So we just have to find another country. <laughs> it's yeah. outrageous. And what have we spent? 140, 170 million on, on sorting this out with Rwanda. So, you know, just and there's... 180 odd more countries we can possibly try it with. So, yeah, send them somewhere else. Yeah, a few trillion, and we'll uh, we'll just get this blast them into space. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> or you know that you know that massive continent-sized pile of rubbish in the Pacific. No, <laughs> can't be just, yeah, 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 just stick some life rafts on it and keep it. Uh, yeah, holding pen. An eco solution. To there the you go. Issue, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, let's have a look at uh, the mail. Is when Quint- Quentin Letts. He has gone a bit mad. And the reasons why he's gone a bit mad is Rishi's got shouty. And this is 
definitely the thing that gets Quentin going. If he gets a Tory politician that gets a bit angry, Quentin gets a bit hot under the collar. Oh, he's 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 going to have to wear some flight socks to keep his erection down, I reckon, <laughs> because he is he's creaming. He's he's. <laughs> he's He's having a great time. He's, you know, he's, he's the word essay. gooey's in there somewhere. Yeah, gooey, gooey. Over there. He almost spat the words. Those dark eyes, normally gooey, blaze <laughs> like two lumps of hot coal. <laughs> Calm down, Quentin. <laughs> Your loins are going to explode the national grid. Um, he gets very, very hot in his trousers. <laughs> so, look, Rwanda was swallowed. Braverman's big policy idea. She's gone. Yeah. See you, uh, uh, Suella. But what she's done since she's gone, obviously, is written a very kind of tough letter to Rishi. And she's now saying that she's going to sit in, on the back benches and release a, quote, grid of shit. <laughs> but she doesn't explain what the grid of shit is. What do you think uh, the grid this, of shit this is? This is the, instead of sending them to Rwanda, they're going to send them to Milton Keynes. That's what they're going to do. It sounds like one of those like low budget, you know, the very kind of uh, Netflix game shows that just a very is it cake, <laughs> floor is lava, grid, just grid a very of, very shit. plain title for something, yeah. and it's yeah, grid of shit, grid of shit. You yeah. have to get from one side of the grid to the other. <laughs> yeah, least shitty, dirty Krypton le- factor. Yeah. Least, least shitty shoes wins. <laughs> it is mad, isn't it? I mean, the grid of shit. I've, I'm I'm quite happy. grid of shit's my drag name. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and also, actually, in the House of Commons, Yvette Cooper revealed that the new Home Secretary, right, James Cleverley, who's taken over now, he has to he has to own the Rwanda idea. He's called it batshit. And she confronted him in the House of Commons. You can't lie in the House of Commons unless, of course, you're Boris Johnson. But you can't lie in that. And so he had to just put his head down and go, mm, mm, because he obviously did call it batshit. So, so, look, the Tories are all over the shop. But Labour had a few problems of its own yesterday, too, didn't it? Shall we talk about that really quickly? So, yeah. The SNP put forward an amendment to the King's speech that called for a ceasefire in Gaza and some uh, Labour MPs, 56 of them, voted for the amendment. Yes, which there was a, an order came down through the Labour whips that they had to vote or abstain. And um, yeah, it's going to cause problems. Right now, I think 10 of the front bench have resigned their positions. Um, some big names, Jess Phillips gone. Yeah, yeah, which is a, is a headache for Keir Starmer. Um, yeah. And it didn't really need to be that way. He could have sort of left it as a free vote. They could have voted with their conscience. conscience. Mm. And yet he's chosen to make it a sort of uh, a breaking point, really, for, for these people. So whether this will cause him ongoing problems is unclear. I mean, when you're in opposition, resigning from these positions, you can kind of sneak back after a little mm. while, kind of yeah. fairly easily. I think four of the people that resigned have already resigned from the it's, um, it's from bench over the spy cops bill it's so especially just, hard when corbyn is still on the telly mm, with yeah morgan so he probably feels quite boxed in he sort of doesn't really know there's no right answer for him to politically is there no not really it's a bit difficult i mean it does seem a shame about jess phillips because she was shadow domestic abuse and safeguarding minister and she's really really good at that job but i imagine she'll continue doing all the work but just from the back yeah. benches and hopefully you know, at some point the war will be over and things will get back to normal. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it is, it always feels a bit crass to talk about the tactics of this, but obviously yeah. this is what, what they've made it. It's turned into a tactic, but it, it does show that, you know, certain MPs get to show that they have principles and stuff like that. So on balance, maybe it's not so terrible for the party to show that there are dissenting voices and that, you know, there's some backbone there.
Now, the other big story in the papers is, as ever, the royals. There are a few strands of Windsor here. First up is the exciting news that Harry and King Charles have spoken on the phone. Hooray! This is so exciting that the Telegraph have flagged this on their front page. The royal rapprochement. (laughs) And the deputy editor has written the world's longest article about it. So, Finn, what is going on? Well, yeah, son phones dad is the... um, (laughs) It's the pricey of this st- story is a big word. The Telegraph, um, being the Telegraph, the, the the front page of the features section is um, Harry and King Charles, both in tuxedos, looking like um, they're sort of showing up to a, a audition for the next James Bond. <laughs> well, there's three lines. There. Firstly, uh, th- there's this um, new book that's coming out by um, this guy, Omid Scobie, mm-hmm. who's serialising it, I think, in the mail? Or no, it it's the in the people, actually, in America. Oh, yeah. right, OK. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, an extract um, And he's got some supposedly juicy tidbits about the relationships between Harry and the King and Will uh, while the Queen was was dying. The Telegraph is is reporting on that. Um, there's also the fact that apparently Harry speaking to the king has kiboshed to the king's. I don't even know what the fuck it was. Some <laughs> some gardening thing that he wants everyone to do. Is it gardening? No, it was, is it kids? It, it kids was... gardening. Kids need to garden more. Sending so kids Kate, out to the farms. Kate, Kate's so, yeah. worn purple for kids to. F- yeah, Kate's worn purple for kids. Carrots for kids. Is that what it is? I don't know. <laughs> Why the fuck have we got these people? So essentially, what the reason why? So what happened is the phone call is slightly annoying for King Charles because the, it sounds like the leak the leak of Harry phoning his dad on his seventy fifth birthday came out from Harry and Meghan's camp, right? So they said, "Oh, you know, you think that everything's really bad, but actually, Harry phoned the king. The kids, Archie and Lilibet, made a happy birthday video for him singing, and Meghan spoke to him as well, which is fine. That's mm. all lovely." But because this was leaked, it's now all over the news. So poor King Charles is really hacked off about it because it has overshadowed the King's Coronation Food Project. Food. 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 Food, which is very important to him. Months in the planning. And this, again... What's the... What's the what's the thing? The gist. Food. The food. Food. Yeah, food, food. For kids. Coronation food. <laughs> yeah, coronation. Just putting mayonnaise and spices mayonnaise. all over a load yeah. of food. Yeah. yeah, curry powder and mayonnaise, and yeah. <laughs> raisins. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, he's very unhappy about that. And the Omid Scopey bit is essentially uh, more stuff about how horrible William is to Harry. So when the Queen died, mm. when she was dying, there was a phone call from Charles to Harry saying, "Look, you've got to get over to Scotland." really quick. This is not very good. So Harry texted William, apparently, and said, ooh, how are you getting to Balmoral? Can I get a lift? (laughs) (laughs) Bearing in mind, he's in California and William's in Britain. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's the world's really long Uber drive. And William never replied. So he didn't invite him on the private jet. And so Harry then had to get from California to London and then share a flight with Andrew and Edward. So this is the problem, apparently. This is the big news. And also that William doesn't want to talk to Harry at all. He calls him a defector. But but it is pathetic. And we were just saying, because the Telegraph is sort of, when it talks about the royals, is stuck in the age of deference. There's no meat on this story. It is so boring. Mm. And yet the Telegraph can't spice it up at all because it's trying to treat them with sort of stupid levels of reverence and respect. Exactly. What you want is the daft gossip. And it's like this really long and... huge timeline going back to like the 90s. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) timeline of the highs and lows, which basically it's all a load of red triangles pointing down. (laughs) Barely a single highlight. It really is. So look, the third bit of royal news is that Diana has come back. (laughs) 
<laughs> as a ghost and is smiling from the front pages of the Telegraph, the Times and the Mail. Shall we have a look at the lovely pictures of Diana? There she is, especially on the Telegraph. I mean, you know, this is essentially a recreation of a photo shoot in 1997 with Mario Testino. And so the actress, Elizabeth Debicki, who plays Diana, has to recreate this photo, which is unfortunate because it was like a completely iconic photo. Diana looked completely gorgeous. The lighting was amazing because it's Mario Testino. And she's in either a bad hair job or a bad wig, isn't she? Yeah, there's. this might be um, stretching back a bit too far, but she looks a lot like... Um... I think Izzy from Hollyoaks, the least of her. Like it's it's very much got a kind of lads mag era fancy calendar look yeah. to it rather than rather that, than to Diana. Be, to be fair, that's what the lads mags would have done. <laughs> would have done at the time. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Okay, so this is all to tell us that the crown is back. It's back for its sixth and final season. It starts today. And it's going to cover the Diana and Dodie's death in a car crash era and also the early years of William and Kate's relationship which everyone is just ignoring so the review in the Telegraph gives it two out of five not good yeah Diana dies Diana yeah. does die Horrible. and because she Can't dies kill off the best characters <laughs> <laughs> so the kill off the best character dies is killed off so she then has to appear as a kind of ghost <laughs> that <laughs> seems like a very odd creative decision there's a there's a there's a Truth and fact feature in in one of the I think it's in it's the in Times, the Times. Too, uh, where they've gone through and yeah there's um I guess they're not choosing to take a stance on <laughs> the paranormal yeah. but it feels like a very very easy one that's sort of like 150 words of copy you can really just lock in is it true that Diana was haunting because there was a everybody? whole thing about like yeah look we're going to cover the death but we're obviously it's affecting people that are still alive that are young today we don't want to you know we're going to do it respectfully and then cut to her <laughs> ooh <laughs> Charles. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Apparently, she materialises on the plane home from Paris. This is the ghost. Yeah. To comfort a distraught Prince of Wales. That's lovely. But then this is one I really like. She also arrives <laughs> to sit on the sofa at Balmoral to give the Queen some friendly PR advice. <laughs> That's very kind, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm quite into the ghost of Lady Di, I have to say. But it's <laughs> yeah. like, I just want to know how she appears because presumably she's not going to be see-through. I mean, it's going to look like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, not going to be like Star it? Wars hologram. Sheet on it? the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the bed sheet and the... I mean, I'm, I just wonder what she's going to wear because obviously, you know, the vital part of this is all the... is, is the, the outfits, yeah, yeah. really. I'm definitely into the ghost of um, of Lady Di. Well, and I'm quite into the this series of The Crown, to be honest. I haven't watched The Crown at all, but this one I'm going to watch. Yeah, this feels like this is the the juicy stuff. You remember, you know, living through the original. Yeah, I think everybody j- dropped off in the middle because there was, I don't know. Well, more. it's like the, the the first two series I really enjoyed because it was history that I wasn't aware of, and you see yeah. these people as young and as like much more active in their lives, and it's like, oh, you know, it's more of a human story. And then, to be honest, I was just waiting to get to Prince Andrew, and they're not even they're not even covering that. So I feel slightly <laughs> robbed. You cheated. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why they've made. I want you... Kubrick to do this Andrew series. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Eyes wide shut. Let's go for it. Now at Papercuts, headlines are our happiness. Funny puns, rubbish rhymes, pop song mashups, plus any phrase that includes the words romp, totty, boffin or bonk. Such is the stuff of Papercut's joy. What about today? Do we have any good ones, Chris? Yeah, we've got one here from the Daily Star. Uh, now, this was uh, a story from James Buckley's wedding. James Buckley of um, the Inbetweeners, 
Channel 4 uh, fame. One of the guests invited was Danny Dyer, who caused a bit of a hoo-ha. Um, <laughs> That's the point of Danny Dyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he, why would you yeah. invite him otherwise? So he uh, nipped off to the bogs to have a smoke, a cigarette. I uh, didn't fancy uh, heading outside for it. And uh, he set off the fire alarms. So caused a bit of a uh, sort of evacuation. The headline, very simple, very plain, but effective, Danny Fire. Very good. Very good. We like that. It's, it's, it works. It works. And you have another one from... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something oh, from this the is Times. unusual. Yeah. I mean, again, it's an obvious one, but the story is fantastic. This is um, about a, uh, a former criminology lecture, lecturer who has been uh, found shoplifting about a grand's worth of uh, materials from M&S, uh, like Le Creuset stuff, and uh, about 600 quid worth of meats and cheeses as well. If you can if you can track down a copy, the picture, her sort of, her shot that they've got of her, she's in a headscarf and smoking a cigarette and looking extremely <laughs> suspicious and classy. It's, it's an incredible shot. It's an incredible shot. But, you know, uh, obviously the shoplifting in the cost of living crisis is, is a big deal, but this is the kind of fanciest shoplifting story we've had. So this is not just shoplifting. This is luxury M&S shoplifting. Of course. Told. Of course. Um, and Finn, what do you have? <laughs> well, from, from M&S robberies to The Sun, page three, with a story about how the best way to heat your Greg sausage roll is to use the fan heaters on your car. <laughs> which is... Um, They've presumably tested this, right? I just feel like those two stories in microcosm are kind of leave remain, aren't they? It feels very <laughs> clean, clean divide throughout the country. Anyway, um, so the headline is Extusive. Question, how do drivers warm their Greggs? Answer, put them on their fan eaters. And then The Sun, also page 25 of The Sun, um, is a nice, a nice story about an exotic bird that was held at Heathrow Airport in a cage in a windowless room since August because of a sort of paperwork blunder has been released, given back to its owner after a campaign by The Sun. And the headline is, My Long Squawk to Freedom. <laughs> strong. It Excellent. is strong. Yeah. And it's a nice picture, isn't there? Yeah, the picture's of a woman... Kissing, a, Kissing bird. a bird. I think that's nice. Don't look at it it's, like that, Finn. It's, it's tender. It's, there's no tongue, right? So it's... <laughs> well, yeah, but there's beak. I think that's worse than tongue, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Maybe. your favourite history nerds are back. Yes, we at We Are History have been trawling the history shelves of our local bookshops. Well, I have, John. You mostly went round finding your books and moving them to the front of the displays. If I can find them, it's a bonus. We are ready to tell you all about what we've learned, from the revolting French to some revolting women. Via some Brits abroad and a foul-mouthed Irishman. So, download We Are History. Our laughable attempt at a silly history podcast. With me, John O'Farrell, and me, Angela Barnes. Wherever you get your podcasts. Now, inside the papers, under that tough exterior of politics and sport, you'll find the squishy heart of the UK press. And what makes that heart tick? Well, stupidly expensive clothes, which we'll come to, but also silly houses, nutso columns, and of course, posh people having terrible sex. We're not doing those, though. <laughs> Sorry, we're doing clothes. What have we got today, Chris? It's in the Telegraph, isn't it? Yeah, so there's a sort of new line of unusual fashion items. Balenciaga have released a towel skirt. Towel skirt? A towel skirt. So now, that's a skirt made from a towel? Yeah, it's not even like 
fancy Beckham sarong or fancy kind of Polynesian delightfully printed stuff. This is, I, I think I actually own this towel. It's a sort of beige stony thing. You can get these, I know, £10 from Ikea. Definitely. Um, I've got the same towel. Yeah, it's, I mean, it is this one and you, and it's tied around the waist over sort of 90s cargo pants mm. and a black hoodie. And then you just wear it over the front like you've stepped out of the shower yeah. But still wearing all your clothes. But it's from Balenciaga and it costs £695. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lovely. This is from Spring Ready to Wear 2024. And the difference between that and an actual IKEA towel, just so you know, is that it's got an adjustable belt underneath and buttons. That's it. That's it. The £685 extra is right. the adjustable belt and button. Now, I don't have many skills in life, but I think one that I have perfected is wrapping a towel around my waist and managing to sort of like walk around the house like without it slipping so it's um, would so I you don't really back yourself to leave the house with that towel <laughs> and it hold its position if i was wearing a full set of clothes underneath it absolutely definitely no, yes. no, no that's not the question that's <laughs> well, the question, but, but this is the style if you want no, me to you go, don't, you don't you want know, me to make a fool of myself wearing no, but no you don't know those it. cargo pants could end above the knee that's true <laughs> you <laughs> could be true. going full scotsman yeah, underneath yeah. there yeah it's true and anyway this is you know it's a balenciaga look you know, it's a look that we could all actually create ourselves. And the person who's designed it is called Demner. He's a creative uh, director. And he has form in what we might call stunt products. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he did this big bag, didn't he? £1,700. And what does it look like? It seems to be modelled off an Ikea bag. Well, <laughs> definitely it's modelled off an Ikea yeah. bag. <laughs> and Slightly then... less colour as well. which is Has uh... this guy just gone round Ikea and thought, hang on. Yeah, well, yeah. exactly. And also, Ikea are never going to say this is a bad idea yeah. because it's like promoing them. It's like chic. It's like when Lidl brought out trainers. Yeah. And Greg's have got bucket hats and stuff. Yeah, exactly the same. So these ones are like thousands and thousands yeah. of pounds. <laughs> yeah. There is one that I do like. So they've, they've got um, various items of clothing on this Telegraph spread. But there's one I really like, which is a Gucci bag. So which is brought out by Gucci. So it's actually legit. But it's spelled G-U-C-C-Y like it's fake. Yeah. <laughs> And use like the sort that. of Sega Mega Drive font as well, which is um... yeah, it's great. Like ages ago, I remember go- going somewhere and I saw a guy. It was just on a holiday, and I saw a guy, and he had a pair of what looked like Nike flip flops slides, but instead of saying Nike, it said Mike. It <laughs> 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 was so cool. They were like better than the real thing. So I mean, you know, obviously there's there's other items. There's um, a pair of jeans, isn't there? Dirty jeans mm. to make you look like you've just come from a festival. Um, mm. Makes you look like you've come from a festival portaloo to be honest they're yeah they're not nice are they hand wipe sort of muck <laughs> no yeah very unpleasant yeah disgust um, up trainers and, and, a, and a bag that seems to be made from leather but designed to look like a paper grocery so, bag. so is this sort of for people that are so rich that the idea of getting mud on your trousers and of going to ikea is kind of laughable so you're kind of ironically signaling that you would never do those things by spending a thousand pounds on to do them to do them. Is that, yeah, is that that's the point exactly of view? it. Feels like right. it. Yeah, it feels like that. Or it's they're aspirational, so they would never. But da- dare. down, but down. Yeah, aspirationally down. down. So they would never dare go to IKEA. They would never dare go to Glastonbury. And yeah. So this is as close as they can get. They would never dare have a shower. <laughs> Exactly. And the Times has a story online about uh, men's gilet, which I'm just going to talk you through. OK, please, please, because they are obsessed with the gilets for some reason, the Times, because they've also uh, this week run a story on women's gilets, which were slightly different from the men's. The men's, we have to say, are really 
boring, right? So the writer starts off with succession to try and make it sound a bit sexy because Kendall Roy wore one and Roman Roy negged Tom Wham's gans about his gilet by saying, oh, it's so puffy, which is apparently wrong. And so what she's trying to do is save all the Times readers from getting their gilets wrong, Mm -hmm. okay? So there's two two ways of doing this. Either you wear a slimline Uniqlo one under your jacket or you wear a bigger one, slightly puffier, over your jacket or at the weekend over a sweatshirt, hoodie or knit. I mean, did you know how to wear a gilet before this? No, I didn't actually. <laughs> <laughs> now you're informed. Do you I think you'd be able to do it? I my head through them. Is that not what they want? <laughs> I wouldn't want my legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's so mad. And also what I kind of feel about all these time stories when they're like this mm-hmm. is they're not aimed at men because men are going to look at this and think, this is boring. It's aimed at their wives. Right. Mm, around which, Christmas. It's a very clever positioning, isn't it? Yeah. It's just like, what gilet should you buy f- for your slightly rich husband who doesn't know what to wear? A puffy one or a little tiny one? There you go. And that's the end of today's paper cuts. Thanks to Chris. You have to say thank you now. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Looked over there. <laughs> Thanks to Chris. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Finn. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks to every one of you in our Papercut Supporters Club for your wonderful generosity and stunning good looks. Your £5 a month means we don't have to kowtow to any fat-capped media mogul. No, we don't. And if you'd like to join the fabulous Papercut Supporters Squad, just follow the notes to back.papercutshow.com to find out more. And our excellent supporters get a shout-out on every show. So who do we have today? Hiya, and thanks for being amazing. Daniel Barrett. Rob, Rob Harper, <laughs> listen, mate, you know, my life's pretty, pretty awful at the moment. But what you are enabling me to do, this podcast records on the other side of London. I get an hour on the train to myself. I then get to sit in a room and read papers. And then I get, I then, you know, I'll probably squeeze a bit of time on the way home. Probably go for a mooch around. Rob Harper, you're saving my mental health. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> and thanks for being terrific, Sue Matson. <laughs> I've been Miranda Sawyer, and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when boffins discovered that our attention spans are so short we can only read for 11 minutes before getting distracted, which is interesting because, ooh, there's a dog with a waggly tail. See you tomorrow. Paper Cuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with Finn Taylor and Chris Lockery. The producer was Liam Tate, assistant producer was Adam Wright, and the audio producer was me, Jade Bailey. Music is by Simon Williams, socials by Jess Harpin, design by Jim Parrott, and original art by Modern Toss. The executive producer is Martin Boytosh, managing editor is Jacob Jarvis, and group editor is Andrew Harrison. Papercuts is a Podmasters production. <laughs>